Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Through Their Eyes podcast. This is a podcast where we get a chance to look at the world and the church through the eyes of those that are around us. I'm your host, Michael Clark. I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford. And we're glad to have you today with us as we study reaching the church through media. This is episode four of our summer season content. And if you are new to Scattered Abroad, want to make sure that you know that we have our previous seasons all on the master feed, all on the individual podcast feeds, and we're having our second season start in August. If you check the show notes, you can look for our social media plugs, our email address, and it would really be helpful if you leave us a rating and a review. And so uh, today we have with us Jonathan Burns. Uh, Brother Jonathan is the minister right now in the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee, actually the congregation that oversees our work. Jonathan, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody a little bit? Hey, guys. Uh, good, to, good to be with you today. Um, been here for about uh, seven years now and getting ready to transition to a new work, um, getting closer to family. Uh, that's one of the reasons we're leaving here. Um, kind so of not because you work with me. Yeah, well, you know, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, it's usually not something you do in a podcast. <laughs> right. Uh, but privately. Uh, no, so get, get, getting closer to family, but still going to be able to do a lot of the things that we continue to do and still going to be involved in as many things as I can. We're definitely well, grateful great. that. Um, that you're still going to be working with us here at, uh, at SAN. Um, for those of you who don't know, Jonathan does a lot of the, uh, or actually he does all of the video work um, for us on our joint podcast. He set all of that up. We got the set done together, but he has um, agreed to continue working with us, which is very good news for us because <laughs> we're going to be yes. recording all of those here um, in just uh, just a few months. Uh, we're kind of getting all that wrapped, uh, kind of all together and getting ready to record that and get that out for y'all for next year. Uh, but obviously we're grateful that we have taken some time. This is actually take two. I feel like I shouldn't say this, but I also feel like I should say this. This is take two for us on this episode because some dummy um, <clears throat> named Caleb uh, deleted the, <laughs> the last episode. I deleted the the audio file and I had, this is crazy because I had to have deleted it twice Oh yeah, because I pulled it off of the memory card, and, but it copied it. So I deleted it off of my desktop and the memory card. So, yeah, so this is take two. Um, we're going to try this again, and hopefully it uh, oh, <laughs> hopefully it goes well. So. People make fun of me because I have a server. There's a <laughs> yeah, <point. laughs> there's a reason why there's you reason. back up things in 50 different places. So. Well, and if we, had, if we had listened to Jonathan a little bit better the first time we talked about reaching the church through media, maybe it wouldn't have been deleted. <laughs> that's, you know, that's I don't true. know. Well, <laughs> so. I don't know if that's a stab at me or you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh me! But anyways, we're grateful that Jonathan is here. Jonathan, as we talk about this this topic of reaching the church through media, why don't you explain to us a little bit, kind of how you got started into media, um, and in this kind of this this different world that I think a lot of people maybe don't really understand or know about. Um, how, how did you get started in it? It's funny. Um, I went to college. I'll date myself now. Uh, when Facebook came out. And you had to have a .edu email address to to join Facebook, and and that's all it was was college, college. That's how it started. Right. Um. So you know, I, I grew up in a time, which which is really different than now because fifteen years ago you weren't doing podcasts. Yeah. There was a radio show maybe, and unless you were extremely popular, you weren't getting on anything. There wasn't a lot of recordings. You could audio record. You know, churches did that and things. But there wasn't anything major past a cassette tape. Um, so I kind of grew up in a time where everything started evolving. And luckily for me, thankfully for me, technology was just easy. It was natural. It was right. normal. I just I fit into it. Um, I went 
when when I was young, I was I was really young and went to an auction with my parents. And and up across the auction was was a computer and 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 I told my parents, I says I am buying this. I was good with money, so I knew how to keep money, knew how to use money. And so I bought my first computer when I was very young, and and no one knew who had to put it put, put it together. I just stuttered all over the place there. No one knew how to put it together. Now we're falling apart. Take two. So how about take three? You didn't know how to put that sentence. No, together. that's it's just you know, it's technology, not speaking. So you know, I can take your computer apart, but I can't tell you how to put it back together. So no one knew how to put that together. So, you know, we just figured it out. And that's kind of how I've lived with technology. It, it, it's complicated at times, but it, it's really not that complicated. And there's always a way to figure it out. So as that evolved, um, you know, of course, growing up in the church, did as much as I could. You know, I grew up, you know, once again, grew up in the era where video projectors became, you know, the thing. And, and electronic songbooks, you know, that was the new thing. And, and believe it or not, when, when video projectors became popular, people were saying, you know, you, you know that the church can't do that that we, we can't be involved in that right. because they were afraid of the ramifications of the long-term problems that could have been but as you and i know there are no long-term problems of, of video projectors they're no right. different than tvs or computers or anything that everything can be misused everything can be mishandled so all of that kind of evolved um so I started doing you know projector installs for places doing things like that and then we started working with tv programs um which was interesting because where I grew up, they came to me and said, hey, we want to do this. We think you can figure this out. Here's how much money you had to spend. And off we went trying to figure out how we were going to put together a program, how we we're going to record services and get it on local television. And somehow uh, we were able to get that together. And back in the old standard definition 4 by 3 television, we were able to put TV programs together from services and, and different things. So, so that's kind of the upbringing of it. And, of course, technology has changed. Things are so much different. Um, just like right now in this podcast, there's more going on in this podcast than the first TV program I recorded. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of funny to me to look at and to see all the different things that take place. But yet it's also very simple. I mean, it's complex, but it's simple. So it's just real neat how media changes and technology changes and all that wraps together. Right. Yeah, it's crazy the the, the way uh, the world has changed, oh. like, like you mentioned. And I think that <clears throat> that's a big reason why people were not, impressed with it at first you yeah. know because of the of the change um and change is difficult and a lot of people i think kind of associate change to be kind of taboo especially in the church oh yeah um and we're gonna talk about that in a little bit um but it's it's definitely something that's kind of difficult I, the paperless hymnal when that came oh, out man it's a big deal yeah oh that, people, that, that divide that was a dividing line I I mean, know. people were mad i had right. somebody come to me you know when where i grew up at west sparta we put one in and someone said you just can't do this mm-hmm. why right well, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna bring problems. Right, but you think the first did the first century have songbooks? Oh, I've heard that question before. Bound where they uh, praise yeah. for the Lord's song. You know, see what I'm saying? It's change. It, it's it, it's it's interesting um, how people view it. And obviously, and obviously, you can't you don't change the message. Yeah. The, the the truth never changes. Um, but the avenues and the means by which yeah. we use have to change yeah. to keep up. Otherwise, um, and I think we're gonna talk about this a little bit later on. But I've heard you mention before. Um, I think actually um, Wayne Rogers is going to be on the podcast in a few weeks. He's going to be talking specifically about the local church. Um, and this is more kind of broad with what we're talking about with you. But <clears throat> one of the things he mentioned um, is that he talks about how if the video is not good, you won't have an audience. And if the audio is not good, you yeah. won't have an audience. If, if it's not quality, quality, people don't, it doesn't attract folks. Um, so that's just how it is. I don't watch standard definition television. Not right. doing it. No. <clears throat> right. 
you don't you don't have to. I mean, no, that's the beauty exactly. of the world that we live in now is you can choose to not watch standard definition. Right. If it's not HD, if it's not 4K, you can just like, I don't have to watch yeah. that. I can go watch something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of along the vein of what we're talking about when things change and technology moving forward, I would imagine when checks started to be used on Sundays by oh, yeah. families giving that way, that was a big to do about everything too. Right. I think sometimes we forget that the Bible wasn't written in America (laughs) with all of the things that we have in front of us. When Paul said in first Corinthians 16 two, take up a collection, he didn't mean put in your Abe Lincoln and George Washington's and, you know, Ben Franklin's, he was talking about the money they had. And so as we, as we move on in technology, the same thing happens and the church has to adapt because the world's adapted. Everything we do now, I mean, I, I watch more TV on my phone than Mm. I do in my house. Right. And I think that's the same for a lot of us on this podcast, especially that we've got our phones queued up with things, whether it's YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, whatever other streaming services we utilize, we watch more on our phones now. And so as the world moves that way, the church has to keep up. And so I think it's so important that we find people that have that passion that Jonathan's been talking about that he had at a young age and, really for congregations to see that and give him an opportunity like that too. More churches should be doing that with their young people, right? Right. Oh yeah. All day. Yeah. I, I've noticed, um, <clears throat> my wife works in a, um, in a realty office, like a, uh, for home buying and stuff like that. Um, and she <clears throat> has noticed that the, the, the way that real realty offices are like are moving, um, is towards very like the virtual side of things. And she has noticed that a lot of people, so like when you buy a home, you normally go visit the home um, with with your realtor and you walk through it. Well, they are now starting to switch um, to like virtual walkthroughs with drones. Yeah. And basically you don't go to the house and you just, you see it from your computer and you don't have to go through and the drone takes you all the way through the house and stuff like that. So, and, and again, I'm not saying that the church is like that, but I'm saying that, Times change, and the offices that don't do that are the ones who will quickly fall behind and then lose their business. And so, and, and kind of the same sense, if the church does not keep up technology-wise and things like that, um, it, it won't be not successful, but um, it, it will lose. I think the, the it will lose members. It will lose people wanting to be there. Um, I think in some sense, and you won't attract your visitors. It loses reach, right? Right. So, I mean, think about this. Why are they not selling the Model T anymore? Yeah. Things changed. Right. I mean, we have self-driving cars. Right. They're testing self-driving semis. They're charging electric semis overseas as you're going down the road. Things are changing. It's crazy. So, it's always going to change. Right. Well, that's the, we move through life. I'll say this, and then I've got a question for Jonathan about his work overseas, as he mentioned that. That's a good segue to that. But we went to Branson on vacation earlier this this past month and we went to a bunch of shows and of course they're singing a lot of the doo-wop you know hits and so the big girls don't cry you've got uh sherry and all these types of songs that are being sung and i I looked at my wife and i said can you imagine 50 years from now when we're the demographic that branson's going to be trying to reach we're going to be hearing you know justin bieber songs and all that kind of (laughs) stuff that's going to be our doo-wop right and it's crazy to think about how much music has changed from once in the, in the years gone by to now. And I just kind of, I cringe in some cases, but the, the church, you know, as we look at from a, a perspective of working with technology, if they don't embrace it, 
it's, it's like you alluded to, if you go to a website and it's clunky and it's terrible and it's, it's really hard to navigate, you're not buying from that site. You're not going to use that product. And, uh, that's the problem that we're running into with the church in some cases is there, there's some congregations that their websites aren't up to date and there are all these things and maybe they don't have the resources to do it, but it's important to try to make that effort. And I know Jonathan's making that effort in more than just one area. And so Jonathan, I want to ask you to kind of explain your work with the four C's Bible college. A few years ago, I guess it's been five or six years ago now, probably five. Um, fella asked me to go overseas and, you know, I kind of reluctantly said, yes, I waited and, you know, hadn't went with him. And so finally I went over and ended up in Philippines and Singapore. And, and, you know, you go to these places and you you think about overseas, you, you know, you can walk down the streets of Singapore and and literally there's so much technology on the street that it would just blow your mind. There's so many things going on there. Um, I'm talking about screens as large as buildings. Um, there's a building I can think about right now that constantly changes colors, um, things that we just don't see all the time. You know, we, we think about our brick and mortar buildings, literally brick and mortar. And that's right. kind of, you know, we built a big, we built a good building, but so, so I started watching all of that and, and, and traveled over there a number of times. And then, then we started realizing that we're going over there doing all this work in the same way it's always been done. So we're, we're spending two or three weeks over there, about 21 days. And, and how can we make 21 days be longer? Well, we can't. You know, you can't stay over there all the time. I'd love to, but there's no way. You know, I've got a family. I've got work here locally I've got to do. So that's not possible. So we started trying to figure out ways we could reach out and do, do different things, uh, do different things that would help. So one of the things we did, we, we work with the Four Seas Bible College, and we um, – we go overseas. We do a Bible lectureship with them. Uh, they print a book, which is big with most lectureships. Um, they sell every book they print. They they print a large number of books, and they sell they sell out every year. Uh-huh. Um, so we started. You know, they recorded their programs for for years and just never did anything with it. Um, so it sat on a drive. It just sat there. Once it was recorded, it it sat for the rest of its life. Um, so we we decided, you know, let, let's try to do something bigger. So we we brought a bunch of camera equipment over one year. I mean, we recorded and streamed the entire Four Seas Bible College lectureship. I mean, what interesting took place is the same thing that takes place here, but it's much on a larger scale overseas because there's so much, this is going to sound rude to America, and I don't mean it, they are so far advanced in the realm of technology. You take the country of Singapore, they're small enough where they can do that. We, sure. we can't widespread technology across the United States. The sheer landmass is against us. So we, we went over there and did that. We were trying to figure out how we're going to, you know, analytics, how we're going to tell if this is worth our time. You know, you're, you're traveling with thousands of dollars of equipment. You're, you're dragging all across the world. You're shipping it in planes. You're, you're doing, is, is it worth what we're doing? Is it worth what we're spending the time for? Days of setup, days of teardown to get it all to work. So we, we ended up started counting our attendance based on nations that were watching rather than people because we had, 10 different nations that assembled at the lectureship. And then we also had about 11 different countries watching in real time as it went overseas and then some others that were out of time. So we found that we could do that. We, we, the first thing we did, though, that's what's interesting. The first year before we streamed the lectureship, we thought, hey, we'll make DVDs. You know, DVDs are still popular to a degree mm-hmm. uh, with certain demographics. So we thought, <laughs> oh, we'll do that. It's popular here. We sell a bunch of them with Truth and Love. You know, Memphis sells a bunch of DVDs. They're like, you know, we, let's do that over there. Well, it failed. They don't use DVDs. 
How many of you have used a DVD recently? <laughs> silence. Good <laughs> silence. Like, so, so, you know, we, we, we invested all this time in making DVDs, and boy, it failed because, you know, they took them. They were happy to get them, but they, you know, they didn't use them because right. that was so far behind what they were doing. So, so we, we, we went to the streaming side, and that really took off, and that worked out well. Uh, we also, at the Four Seas Bible College, we, we, you know, you, you print the books. They can only print so many books, and we wish they do, and they sell them every year, sell out of them every year. So we thought, how can we take books overseas and help them? I don't know if you tried to ship things around the world. Man, it takes some money. Yeah, I, Even, I yeah, just did yeah, it you the just other did day. It, yeah. <laughs> Hundreds of dollars, you know, money invested. Yeah, you shipped one book for 40-something bucks. Yeah, Imagine right. shipping 500. <laughs> so we were going to you know, we do all these, do these things, bring all these books overseas. Well, it wasn't feasible because the, the shipping cost would have been several thousand dollars. So what we did is we took USB thumb drives. We thought, you know, they're advanced enough, and they were. And we, got, we, we teamed together with a number of groups. Uh, the Memphis School of Preaching helped with this project. Uh, the Spiritual Sword Lectureship, uh, Denton Shirts Lectureship down in Texas, Truth and Love here at East Hill, the Gospel Journal, uh, Dan Cates with a number of things. Just a, a large, we, we, we contacted everybody that made materials, and we said, we want to put your materials on a USB thumb drive so that we can spread them around the world. We knew we were going to be there. Ten different nations guaranteed they're going to be there. They're going to take them home. So we made, I think, 200 of these things, thinking that's a, that's a good volume. We'd have some left over. They were all gone, except like ten. By the time the year ended. So they took all these books and they just took them around the world. So just imagine, you know, we could have taken a hundred paperback books over and done a good work Mm -hmm. and it would have went into good hands and they could have done good things. But now these folks over there have every Memphis School of Preaching lectureship book ever. They have every spiritual sword, every church lectureship, every truth and love, every gospel journal that's ever been made, plus all these other resources all on one little USB thumb drive. So we're, we're trying to do things in different ways. And what's hard about it is we think about how we do things here. You know, streaming's just becoming big here. Well, that's, that's, that's old news over there. <laughs> they, they need so much more. So, so we go and do that lectureship and we do, do, do things with them. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to get ahead of the curve, which is hard because we're, we're also behind the curve, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, we really are. And I think, uh, you know, the USB drives that's really been taken more and more over the last several years. And it's such a simple idea that is invaluable. Like it's, it's crazy to think that tiny little, I've, I've had three in my office that I keep on hand that are varying sizes of gigabytes so that I have them for whatever job I'm doing. And I took two of them into my truck and I lost one of them. And I searched for an hour to find it because it's so valuable and it didn't even have anything on it. If I lost something that had all of that material on it, I would not stop searching till I found it because that, that is such a good wealth of material for people to have that they would not have had otherwise. And like you said, it simple idea, 200 thumb drives, we'll have some left over and you barely did. Right. It's in, you know, have you, are y'all on like any kind of audio format for C's? No. We do everything on YouTube um, and Facebook. We streamed the the lectureship this year, well, 2019, uh, all on Facebook. Uh, We had done some YouTube versions. Um, Was not as popular, but Facebook is globally recognized. Right. So we were able to stream on that platform for free. 
and have a pretty good audience. Do they do podcasts over there? Uh, they do. They do. So, you know, I'll take some scattered broad stuff over next time I go. And kick, kick people up on that. Hey. So they're, they're looking for material. So that's the thing. You know, the things that get done, you know, they literally can be global. Because yeah. the internet's global and all the things that we do can reach out. So the Four Seeds College is so neat because of where it's positioned. Ira Rice Jr. was the one who helps get all that started right. and, and had this big right. vision and had this big dream. And, and, and I love how big he dreamed. And now, you know, many, many, many years later, um, the school used to serve under a board. Um, that's what they wanted in the beginning to help the, help the school grow, help the churches grow. But now um, the school is completely under the elderships there over in Singapore. The church has thrived over there. The church is still thriving. They've had a tough year. You know, sure. People complain all the time. I hear people talking about COVID regulations. They're still shut down. Okay, they, they told them, hey, you can go assemble, but you can't sing. Well, then, then that kind of <laughs> limits what we can do. Right. And so they're, they're, they're still dealing with things. But what's neat about the location is it's so centric to that side of the world. And we think about the United States being this very large power, and it is. It is. And, and there are a lot of people here. But you can go into, into small areas like this. Singapore is a small country. It's a city-state country, all its own government. They own themselves. They, they run themselves. But they bring, you know, they can have events where nations assemble. And, and that's crazy. Like I worked with a group in the Philippines. Uh, I had given a lecture there and was talking about children and how we've got to raise our children and how the church has to have things to help children thrive because the reality is many children, and I say this about the world, many children do not see Jesus in their homes. Sure. They see them at church. They might see it at Bible class. But many do not see it at home. And if you want a reality check, just go, and I'm not saying do this, but just think about this. Go and just watch the young people that you know. Watch how they talk. Watch how they dress. A lot of them are not seeing Jesus in their homes. Sure. And, and so I was talking about that, about how the church had to do that. So they, they created an initiative called I Dream to Lead. So it's interesting that one trip that, and, and a side note of a lesson in a lecture about families and homes and churches doing more to bring. So they created an entire program that now has baptized about 12 children who are now growing up, wanting to become more, wanting to go to Four Seas College because they want a Bible education over going to these other schools that would mm -hmm. lead them into different careers. Sure. So that's the kind of things that Four Seas is doing. It's not just a Bible college. It's an entire atmosphere. That changes the way people think. Sure, that's awesome. What a, what a what a neat thing. Let's let's switch gears here just a moment. Um, let's let's talk about the the church, um, stateside. <clears throat> is the church, in your estimation, properly equipped in this area? And I think I'm going to know your answer, but let me just let's just let's just kind of see where you take this. Let's, let's preface it with this: there was a time of which no one could print more books than the church. There was a time where no one could make more tracks than the church. There was a time where no one could hold more gospel meetings than the church, and all of those things are good. I think every one of us agree that we still have books. We're in a room with books, and my office is filled with books. We still have tracks. We still use tracks. We still hold gospel meetings. I'm holding a gospel meeting next week. Those are all great things. But why did the church, as when the rest of the world, now I'm not talking about denominations, I'm not talking about any other religious group, why when technology became prevalent did the church say, you know, books are good? 
we were comfortable. It's what we knew. It's what we understood. We, we were able to just function on. We kept yeah. going. We, we kept going. And that created a situation where now we're trying to, pe- we're trying to pedal back. We, we fell behind because we, we got into our comfort zone. And we all do this you know, in our homes, in our lives, in different ways. We, we get in our comfort zone. We stay in our comfort zone. We like our comfort zone. No one's going to move me from my comfort zone. But many times what happens when you get in that zone, you become stale. Yeah. And, and, and I believe that we, we got into that position where the world changed so much. And we're over here saying, but we got books. Uh, and we do. And we still do. And we, we still need them. But think about podcasts. How many podcasts are in the world right now? Oh, millions. Millions of podcasts. How, how many TV shows? How many video series? How many? Just imagine all the things that are, you know, who, who knew of Zoom before 2020? <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, that's, the, that's the world we live in, and that's the world that, that exists. My answer to that question is we were. We were prepared. We were equipped, but then the world changed. And, and here's what's crazy. The world's going to change again. Mm-hmm. I don't know what trend is going to take over. I don't know what technology is going to do, but it's going to change. And just think about the idea about cell phones. You know, when I was in high school, cell phones were just becoming kind of affordable. And man, you wanted one. <laughs> and let me tell you, if you could play snake on your phone with a button <laughs> two, four, eight, and six, you had it going on. And then oh, let me tell you, they, they changed. You know, they used to just be one color, Nokia, blue, <laughs> just a brick phone. Then when you got swappable face plates, let me tell you, everybody wanted that new face plate. But you were still playing the two, four, six, and eight to play Snake. You, you could send a text message for half a minute. You only got so many minutes a month. You could call somebody, but you, you only use 30 seconds, you burn a minute. So if you only got 400 minutes, that's gone. Yeah. So you, you, you think about how everybody jumped on that. And you think about how far it's changed now. That's crazy. And in that, we kind of missed an opportunity because we saw it happen. And we probably said in many cases, you know, that's evil. You know, we're supposed to abstain from the appearance of evil. And I've heard people say that. But let me ask you this. If I take my phone, I got it in my hand, I lay it on this table. It's right here in front of me. How evil is it? It's not. If I pick it up. And I open my phone, you know, your thumbprint opens your phone now. That's pretty cool. Read the text message that Caleb sent me. <laughs> Is that evil? I guess it depends on what Caleb sent me. <laughs> I mean, technology's not evil. And we've gotten to a point where we believe technology is a scary word, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. It scares people to death. I, I think it's scary to people who don't <clears throat> really understand it. Yeah. Like to us, it's something that kind of like excites us I oh, think, yeah, because it's like a whole new world yeah. opens the door to a whole new like plethora of opportunities. Yeah. Um, but for a lot of people, they just don't understand it and they don't know why. So I guess, I guess my, my question to you then is this, how do we help people, I guess, under, understand that and see that we need to be properly equipped um, yeah. in this area? Yeah. Well, just think about it like this, your vehicles. You certainly want the technician, the mechanic, to be trained, right? Right. I I want him to know, you know, I recently had some work done on one of our vehicles. I want him to know how to handle this vehicle. 
I, I don't want him trained from 2000 mm-hmm. because that's now 21 years behind. <laughs> yeah. I don't want him using the same technology to, to work on that vehicle. Think about your home. How much have homes changed? Mm. Well, everything's smart now. Everything does this or everything does that. I, you, you want somebody that can work on your home that's not going to break everything you got. You, you, you think about all the medical technology that's changed. I don't want a doctor who hasn't taken a new training course since 1999. <laughs> I, I want him to know what, what those sounds mean. I want him to know how the imaging technology works. I want him to know in every area of our lives, we demand the best. Now, what I'm getting ready to say is going to offend somebody. I'm not sorry. I am, but I'm not. <laughs> One of the things that hurts us the most is our priorities. Mm. Is our priorities. You know, technology's not cheap. Mm. We would much rather spend $80 a ticket at a football game, wouldn't we? Mm. Yeah. We would much rather go spend $40 to go watch a two-hour movie and then complain the sermon was too long. We would much rather do all these other things. And then we sit back and say, well, they're doing all these things. Why haven't you done it yet? Oh, we blame it on somebody else. Mm-hmm. One of our biggest struggles is priorities. Our second struggle, and, and I kind of touch on this, we, we love our money. You know, I know everybody <coughs> needs money. You need money. I need money. We, the church needs money. But if we want to, you know, when, when they started printing books, guess what? That costs money. When they started making tracks, that costs money. When they started doing all these things, that costs money. And, and here's something that's never going to fail. Technology is not cheap. Yeah. It's not scary, but let me tell you, it is expensive. Mm. But everything in life is expensive. Look at the house market right now. Yeah, People are still crazy. buying houses. Look at the vehicle market. You know, used vehicles have went through the roof in price because, you know, new vehicles are struggling to be made. So, so think about all the things we spend money on. We love our money. Number three, we love our time. Things like this podcast, the video work. Um, just imagine the joint podcast. You know, how long did it take us to set that up? Yeah. How long did it take us to tear that down? Right. I still don't have them all edited yet. <laughs> They'll get there. I, you know, we haven't missed a date yet. Hopefully not. But think about time. How much time does it take to do these things? Yeah. And we're so focused on all these other things we want to do. I think those three areas is really why we've not jumped up to where we need to be. And then there's a fourth. I want to give this one a fourth. And this is not a knock at anyone. Education in technology is hard to come by. How many education technology, how many video streaming seminars have you seen? And maybe that's our fault. How many podcasting seminars have you seen? Maybe that's an idea for the future. How, how many, here's how to set up your own studio. You know, we have a studio here at the building that we've set up, and we have made some blunders going through it. <laughs> I would have loved a seminar to say, don't do this. <laughs> we probably had done that by this point in time. So we, we just weren't equipped to really do that. And I think a lot of that is also education. We, we don't know where to go to find this information out. I'm just like yesterday, maybe it was the day before, somebody sent me a message. Hey, I just got told this. Somebody had uh, somehow gotten remote connection to this guy's computer, and and he said, well, they told me this, and it was going to cost $600. Do I do it? And I almost said, just do what you want. (laughs) Of course, I wasn't going to say that. 
But what he needed to know and what they were asking him to do was something that was way wrong. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't have hurt him, but he was going to spend $600 unnecessarily because he just didn't know any better. Right. And, and maybe that's the biggest part of this is education. Yeah. I, I said this in our first take, uh, and it, it hit me while he was saying this, so I'm going to say it again. <laughs> uh, hopefully they're hearing it, but um, I, I think part of our problem is is twofold. First Corinthians 15, 58 is still in the Bible, and we're told to be steadfast, unmovable, but then it gets to that point where it says always abounding in yep. the work of the Lord, and that word abound in the Greek is is this idea of to superabound, to be like, increase in quantity and in quality oh yeah in excess of something and i think our problem has been that number one churches have not been doing that when it comes to media no and number two we've we've been content to let other good works do it for us Uh, we have we have and i don't i don't have anything against worldview bible school gospel broadcasting network the memphis school of preaching any any work that does anything in media they're wonderful and they deserve to be supported. They deserve to be lifted up in prayer. Anybody that I left out the same way, you're doing good work for the Lord. I commend that. But the the problem is it seems at times that when I've talked to people and I've talked to congregations, I have heard some people say, well, we're just going to let GBN do that. And yeah. G- that's great. Send a check to GBN. That's fine. Yeah. But your congregation might have a capable young minister that can be teaching and preaching the gospel for $400. You can buy him a pod mic. You can buy him a Yeti mic. You can buy him any, anything really and give him an opportunity to learn how to use that equipment and make your community impacted by what's going on. Not just because the, the reality is Pulaski, I know, has got a, a 24-hour television station yeah. that runs all the time. Right. We don't all have that no. in the church. That That's not everywhere. And so what we have to do is look at what the budget is and do something with it. That's right. right. And not that we stop supporting these good works. We should continue to support them. Support the Scattered Abroad Network. I, I got to throw that in, right? Mm, that's right. And we would love for you to support <laughs> us. But that doesn't, I don't think on the day of judgment, God was intending for people to think that they could simply say, well, I wrote a check. And therefore, that absolves me of of squandering opportunity. Yeah, that was in front of me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jonathan, what do you think about that? You, you know, Curtis Cates. I, I went to the Memphis School of Preaching, and Curtis Cates was there, and he always said, and you know, when you're at the Memphis School of Preaching, you you hear the instructors say things, and you're like, I don't understand what that means exactly. And then years later, you 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 kind of get it. But he always said it was kind of a famous thing of him: lighthouses don't compete. Mm-hmm. You know, good works happen all over the place, but good works have to happen all over the place. Right. They can't just happen in South Haven, Mississippi, mm-hmm. or in Pulaski, Tennessee, or wherever you're talking about, Singapore. It can't just happen there. It has to happen from you. And, and there are a lot of different avenues <coughs> that we use. You know, I'm a nerd. My wife, <laughs> I got to speak on the World Mission Forum with Forrest Hill in Memphis and and. Billy Bland was there. I was setting up my table, and, and, and she just looks at him, and they're just watching me kind of do my own little thing. And so I had screens and all these things, and she just looks over at Billy Bland and goes, he's a nerd. <laughs> and then he introduces me, saying, his wife said, he's a nerd. I, I love technology. 
but that's not the only, you know, that's not everything that exists, you know. Right. And we're just not competing. You know, I, I, I knew that when, you know, I jumped on board with you guys to do the, the video recordings, that doesn't mean that you guys were competing with Walking with the Word. And that's a regular program we do here every, right. every, every Sunday. Matter of fact, I just recorded it before this program, edited it, got it all sent off. It's where it needs to be. It's at TV stations. It's at radio stations. It's everywhere it needs to be. But that doesn't mean that when the next video version of the joint podcast comes out that I'm competing with you. It's just a good work that is spreading the light. Right. And that's where I think we get really confused. <clears throat> we're afraid to compete, but we're not competing. Right. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Michael, kind of going back to what you said about the, you know, when we're all going to stand before God yeah. on the day of judgment and answer for what we've done, but also for what we haven't done. Um, and I would, I would hate to be, and, and I, I know, I know of several congregations um, who have, who've got money in the bank and it sits, it does nothing. <laughs> and to me, it's kind of like, I, I think about Matthew 25 with the, the, I don't want to be the, the individual who stands before God, who buried the opportunities and talents that were blessed and afforded to me. Um, and having done nothing with it, yeah. you know? Um, and so I, I think there's so much opportunity, um, with, all of the things that are out there. And I mean, and I, then they keep coming up and that's great. Um, but I, I, I hope that maybe congregations will kind of get on board um, with supporting more works like that. Because, and, and here's the thing, we're so quick to send, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars overseas. And that's great. All day, all needs day. to be done. Um, but then so oftentimes we forget what's kind of like right in our own backyard yeah um which and and with especially what we're talking about with technology and media it can go all over the world not just overseas but also stateside right too um and so i think that's i hope that um congregations are kind of able to see that well and i think too that you know when we talk about this um i've heard this said about jonathan i've heard some people say it about me and caleb it's like do y'all ever take a break I mean, yes, I do. I rest and I, I know that there are many people. Jonathan's one of them that right. is way busier than I am. <laughs> but I, I really, I, if, if I'm going to super abound, if I'm going to yeah. be in excess in quantity and quality, that rest can't be every day that there has to be time dedicated to like Jonathan mentioned where, you know, if you're in a local work, you, you've got to dedicate the time to do that. But it does not take much effort. And we learned this. I learned it when I worked for GBN years ago as a video editor and was privileged to do some recording for them. The average program, if you can, if you can get through it without stopping and starting a bunch of times is less than 30 minutes. Yeah. Right. And a lot of the program and content that I did at GBN when I worked there was less than 28 minutes. It was like 15 to, to 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. So in a two hour span, you can record almost 10 programs of something like that. Yeah. Our podcasts are, are intended. Our summer season is a lot longer than it usually is, but our podcasts are intended to be 15 to 20 minutes. It doesn't take long to record four or five of those episodes right. and have them ready and done. And I guess the, the question is, and I know some people will say, well, I, I don't know how to do it. We need to remember what Exodus four has to say for us because Moses tried to give every excuse in the book as to why he could not go to Egypt. And God finally said, fine, you don't do any of the talking. Aaron will go and be your spokesman, but you're going. Yeah, You're going to do this. And I think if we remember that we don't get a say, really. 
in something like this. It doesn't have to be media in the sense of a podcast or a television program, but are, if you're a skilled writer, why aren't you writing more? Mm, yeah. If if you're skilled at, you know, technology, why aren't you working a little bit more with the church? And I know some churches are a little bit more concerned. And I, the, the pandemic was not positive. Don't get me wrong. But one positive thing that came from it was it kickstarted a lot of churches to realize we probably need to get involved in this media thing. Right. So when it talk when we talk about local ministry, Jonathan, and and doing work like this, there's a lot that goes into it because just just listing what I know we do here at Somerville, we do our live feed every Sunday. We have classes that go on. Got to have PowerPoints for those if you need them. We've got VBSs that go on. We've got gospel meetings that go on. We've got we've got all of these things that happen. And they don't just happen because you say they're going to happen. Someone's got to sit down and do it. So someone has to know how to do these things. How does the church and media and reaching it from a local perspective work? You remember that meme that came out and it came out during the pandemic. Um, And I I I don't remember who I first saw share it, but it, 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 it owned me for a couple of days. It was a picture of a guy preaching and then the, 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 the caption said, and all of a sudden, we're all televangelists. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I got so tickled at that because, you know, at East Hill, we, we put a high degree on technology. I mm-hmm. put a high degree. I, it's not that I demand it, but I'm going to work in that realm. I'm going to find ways. You know, I want to work smarter, not harder. You know, just like you were talking about the programs at GBN, I recorded a, a program this morning. I, at, my actual speaking time was 2146, I think. I got that done in one shot edited i had it all done within an hour and it was a television radio program streaming it, it is all done so the way it has to work in my mind in a local work has to be at the point to where we know who we are you know there are some guys that don't know how to turn a computer on mm, right. and, and they may never know how to then this is not for them you know i i, I know a guy that the best he can do is get it on and type his Word document. Yeah. Then, then he keeps going. But he's learned to do that. I know other guys that are very capable, and they do as much as they can. One of the things we've got to remember is we can't shoot the moon. We're never going to be able to fly farther than we know how. And one of the things I'll say with technology, ministry, and I learned this the hard way because I fell on my face so many times trying to do things. Walk before you run. Walk before you run. Um, I try to, when I'm starting new things, say this is going to take me four years. If I hit it early, hey, great, I hit it early. Right. I didn't, you know, I try not to be late, but I try to hit it early. Um, so I'll just kind of run down what we do at East Hill, things, things that I want to do in the future, kind of with, with, with specific ministry, specifically what a preacher and elders deacons, what, what they can do to reach their communities. Um, and, and I'm going to follow it in, in three different ways, um, really four different ways, um, because that's kind of what I've started doing. And it's really worked for us. Um, and Michael, y'all will kind of be the beneficiaries of this. You'll, you'll hear about this in a minute but um, at Somerville. But what we do here, we have a radio program. We have a television program. We, we stream all of our services uh, on the Internet, Facebook, YouTube. All of our services are live on television. And then, of course, they're all recorded, and we do CDs. We, I think the farthest place we send a CD right now is, is the state of Hawaii. We have a couple. They're, they're, 
and every week they request. Oh. So we, we send those out every That's week. Awesome. Every week. We, we we do it about every two weeks now because mailing has gotten a little expensive for everything. So so we do all of those things. And just like you said a minute ago, Michael, somebody's got to know how to do that. Right. So we've tried to institute training programs. We've tried to institute new things to, to keep things working and, and to keep up with them. Um, so how how it works for me, and, and I think this is how it works for y'all, everyone's got to be highly involved. Um, mm-hmm. Scattered abroad doesn't happen because one person happens, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll, the same thing is true <clears throat> in, in, in local works. Involvement is key. We've got, just to pull off a regular service, I, I think it takes about six people to make everything work. And that's not because it's highly complicated. That's because we've duplicated some processes mm-hmm. to, to make sure that, that they go out, to make sure that quality happens, to make sure all these things happen. But local ministry and how it works in local ministry is you know who you are and you know what you can do. Um, probably one of the better things for us to know is know what we can't do. Now, there's not <laughs> a man in this world that wants to admit he can't do something. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of things we can't do. And so we've got to kind of know that. So all these things work together based on, you know, how we function and, and how the group functions and, and how all that works. And it also details based on what your community can sustain. You know, we own a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week TV network. Um, we backbone with GBN. Um, we were one of, the, one of the guys that jumped out here and tried it. And what was funny when we started doing this when we came up with the idea, we kind of laid it all out on paper. We, we talked to these people. We talked to these other folks. We talked to engineers. We talked to you know, network engineers, video engineers. How are we going to pull all this off? And there were about five people who said, you're never going to be able to do that. And that kind of made me laugh. And the elders at the time, they didn't laugh at that statement. <laughs> um, I did because I thought, that's, that, that's insane. Because there's not a thing in this world that we cannot do. If we're willing to invest the time, if we're willing to invest in the education to do it. Yeah. So, so that's what we did. And <clears throat> we bought all this equipment. And guess what? All right, if you're sensitive, hang on here. It was expensive. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean when, when I got the final bill of here's what it's going to cost, and I sat down and said, here's what it's going to cost, I thought they were going to laugh me out of the room. <laughs> um, but they, you know what they said? Let's do it. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. And that same equipment's run into this day. Um, still is. That's six years now, uh, five years that that's been running round the clock all the time. We've had a couple of blackouts. Um, some were our fault. You know, we, we went dark once. So that was our fault. Twice was our fault. Uh, once a contractor went into the server room, not in our building, but in another building where our server's located, and there's this huge red button that says main power disconnect, do not hit. And he hit it. Oh, he walked right up and just pressed <laughs> that thing. Shut down the whole community's internet, phones, TV, everything. It was kind of funny. Um, wasn't funny, but <laughs> but that's that's how it worked. You, you've got to really – our community thrived on that. We have a good local – you know, that's just how it works. So we, we did all the research, and we went for it. Now, there's going to be a time, and nobody wants to hear this, where we're going to say that TV network's got to go mm. because it will no longer be effective. Right now – um, it's still effective. I can go into restaurants. As a matter of fact, Joe Christopher and I, one of the elders here at East Hill, were sitting at a restaurant that has now closed. Um, and the lady, uh, he, he knew them. Um, I didn't have a clue who they were. Um, they weren't members of the church. But she said, you look familiar. And then she kept talking to Joe. And 
And then finally she said, you're the one that's on TV here. Things work. Things work. And, and, and that's, that's the thing about it. You've got to come up with a local plan. My envisionment for everything that we've done at East Hill and will be in every work that I'm involved in in the future is how do I make this work here? Um, I'm not worried about how I can make it work on GBN. I'm not worried about how I can make it work on so-and-so network. I'm not worried about how I can make it. And that's not a knock at any network. But they're not here. They're not literally on the ground in a local community. And that's where you've got to, in my opinion, you've got to really do your homework. How can this work in a local ministry? Local. You and I, as we all serve in ministry roles, will never be able to, on our own, or just as us three, reach the entire world by ourselves. But we can, with the local church, reach our communities, which will in turn help reach the world. So, so when you think about local ministry, you've really got to get to that local word. What can I do here? Local programming for local people has been my kind of motto yeah. for everything that I wanted to do and everything I wanted to make, make work. So, so that's kind of how I think it has to work in local ministry, and it can work, but it just takes time. I think one of the biggest things that we can do is involve our young people all day in technology because all day. today <clears throat> they grow up technology savvy. They yeah, know they exactly what to do with, with technology. Um, what a great way to get them involved in the church. Oh, yeah. Um, and to make them feel important and to know, for them to know that they have a part to play. Yeah. Get them involved in running your AV booth. Get them involved in running cameras. Get them involved in, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. They Um, already know more than we do. Exactly. I mean, so I think what an awesome opportunity, um, elders and deacons and and ministers and old, just older folks in the congregation have, what an awesome opportunity they have to kind of mentor those young folks, uh, to get them involved in running, uh, stuff like that. A couple of years ago, one of our young people said something that I didn't really, I didn't let it resonate the day that it was said. And like, Weeks later, I thought, you know, that's very profound. Um, but I had, we, we were just in the, in the building stages of our studio here, and, and there was things we were doing, and I had some of them come in and help me move some stuff. And, and, and then that next week, we, had to, we were going to do some video work. We did a thing called Summer Bible School, and we were, gonna do, we were doing puppets that were on cameras, and we were using that to ask questions of the children. And, and so I said, just grab that and take it in there. And I walked away. I left. I went down to grab something else. So I got back. And they had moved it, and they said, no one's ever let us do that before. Matter of fact, one of them said, I've been yelled at for that before because they moved something that someone thought they were going to break. Here's a tip. I've probably already broke it, so <laughs> it's going to get broken. Um, you know, things, things get broken and things happen, and, and we've just got to, we've got to get over that. Um, you know, technology doesn't last forever. Um, here's my rule of thumb for technology. Computers for me only last about three years. I hand build all my desktop computers about three years. They go out of service, they go in a rack and they sit there and run the rest of their life till till they, till they die. If you'd run an Apple, then it lasts a lot longer. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm still going strong. I just bought it a week says ago. The, <laughs> a week ago. <laughs> says the Apple on my desk that will not fire up and work today. That's like, that um, thing is like, dinosaur old well it, it's it, old it almost came across pretty sure it's a 2009 um it, yeah it's it's old so so three <laughs> years that's all i give my desktops um audio equipment i give it about five years which is crazy i know because how cheap is audio equipment oh yeah it's not <laughs> cameras i run my cameras approximately five years i run them a little bit longer um i just upgraded um 
went to 4K style cameras. I'm not even running them in 4K because how many of you have access to 4K <laughs> yeah. programming? Eh, right. that, that sells the bid there. Right. Um, microphones, I let them run a little bit longer because, you know, as long as you're not, you know, licking them, <laughs> dipping them in your drink as you're talking, um, you, you're, you're going to be okay. As long as they're kind of taken care of in a humidity taken care of environment, right. they're going to run. Um, I've got some sound systems I've installed at Bible camps. I just, you know, I just got back from Bible camp a few weeks ago. And one of them that we put in, I guess, three years ago, it's almost toast mm. because it's been outside. Sure. You know, so, so you, you've got to transition those things. But in, in buildings, projectors are only going to last about five years, and then they need to be replaced. That's one of the things that has to happen. It's got to be replaced. Jonathan, have you thought about putting all of that into a graphic for churches to have as a reference point? Yes. And that's it, as far as it's gotten. Have you well, thought about... That's, that's all I'm going to say on that. I've got a couple of things I wanted to mention too, <laughs> but um, it's important too for our young people who have a better pulse on things yeah. to also ask them what would be worth looking into using yeah. and what wouldn't be. Mm. Uh, we've all seen on Facebook, somebody post an article from the Babylon Bee and say, I cannot believe this is happening in our country. And it's like, that that's a satire site. Yeah. That's not actually happening Somebody thought up a funny headline and they posted it. And then somebody read that headline and without checking it out, just said, this is awful. I cannot believe that there are actually people in the world who think that Donald Trump is a lizard man. No, no one really thinks that. And if they do, wait, you know, I mean, wait. maybe someone does, but that's not what that article is truly saying. He's not and a so lizard someone man. Someone says, should we use the Babylon B? Someone who knows it will say, uh, that's a satire site. That's not really what, you, you know, that's not a good place for your news. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with apps. There are certain apps that we have really no business being involved in. They're not purposeful. They're not good for us to be involved in. And our young people are going to know that stuff because they're way more savvy with that stuff than we are. And so it's important to, to really have a pulse on that, I guess, too, and to be, be looking at that and, and having those young people working yeah. in that yeah. way is, is really critical. And I know sometimes it's, it's difficult because the church spends a lot of money on that sound system. They spend yeah. a lot of money on all of that equipment and they don't want to see the kids who are destructive at times really be involved with it, but you, you could supervise them. You, yeah. know, you could have them sit with Absolutely. you and show them how to run the audio. I had uh, one of our young people come into my office a couple of weeks ago and she said, can I use your audio equipment? Okay. And for the next five minutes, she pretended to do some podcast on, I don't know, design or whatever. I wasn't paying attention, but, um, you know, she was doing some type of podcast and Sorry, she was sweetheart. having a good time. Well, now I know she likes something like that. What would be wrong with saying down the road, why don't you sit in the audio booth? Yeah. Why don't you help run the audio or why don't you help run this on a youth day or whatever? There's nothing wrong with doing something like that. Yeah. And we've kind of squandered our opportunities. And I think one of the biggest problems we have with our young people right now is they don't feel involved. Yeah, they're not. And if they don't feel involved, sure. they're going to go somewhere where they are involved. Right. And they're going to jump to a congregation or even in some cases, unfortunately, to a denomination that will get them involved, but it's not good for them. Yeah. It's not the better fit. And we then wonder why our churches are struggling. And I know as we get a little bit closer to our current generation being more of the the current positions of leadership roles of elders and deacons that we currently see filled by other good men, this won't be as big of a problem. 
but Jonathan mentioned that in the beginning of this podcast, something's going to come up that might be a hangup for people that doesn't need to be. I know right now people have, have really gone off on online giving. Well, it's the same as a check in my mind. When that first came out, that was a real big topic of conversation. Who knows what 50 years from now it's going to look like? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like. People were really upset with the PowerPoint projectors and the paperless hymnal and all these. It's fluid. It changes. And as long as it's not going to keep us from worshiping God, it doesn't matter. And in my estimation, it should be a requirement for us to be looking at things like this that can aid the services and aid the ministry. We, we've, we're both now, I know the East Hill's done this with uh, AP's VBS, The Flood, and we're working on ours for, for this next month when we film this now. We're working on it for July. And we got that little flash drive. And man, everything that you need is on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's wonderful. And I don't regret for a second purchasing that. Why is it the case, though, that we don't have more brethren in the world saying right now, hey, we've got good VBS material that we've done for a decade plus. Let's figure out if we can give this to someone like AP and see if they can produce something out of it. Yeah. We've got to be more proactive, I think. And I don't want to harp on anybody. I don't want to step on people's toes just to step on them. But it is frustrating for me when a lot of the people that some of my close friends in life that I grew up with going to school or whatever are gravitating towards the flashier services and the flashier things. And they come to church and it's, it's so stilted because some places are like, we don't even need a PowerPoint projector. That, that's mm-hmm. sinful. Yeah. I, I just, it bothers me because we're, we're really wasting an opportunity. Yeah, I think there's like a stigma <clears throat> of this idea of like, if you go back to talking about young people, you're the young person, you sit in the pew you sit there and worship, and then you get up and you go home. There's nothing you can do, yeah, leave right. it to the adults. And it's I'm afraid we get into this uh, this rut of doing things the way we've always done them. And like sometimes here at East Hill, we'll like for VBS, we took the pulpit, we literally picked up the lectern and moved it off the stage. Um, and we put up those big old posters. Yeah. And some people would look at that and be like, "Man, you liberal." Yeah. You know, it concerns some folks, I'm sure. Yeah, and so. I think you look at stuff like that, and if you look at like like if you if somebody stands up on the stage and walks around and wears the 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 Britney Spears mic, you know, like like the the earpiece that wraps around, you know, some people look at that and think you liberal, you know, you're and so it's just well, they just don't need to walk in my office then because <laughs> it's a haven of technology, right? Just like the the VBS stuff, you know. I bought two wide format printers because I wanted them, right? And how many times have we used them here? Oh. Oh, literally what we did our VBS on. We did cardboard cutouts of ourselves doing like karate kid poses. And so <laughs> for that, that lock-in, yeah. For that lock-in. So, yeah. you know, it, it's those things in local ministries. You know, a wide format printer. Who would have thought a church would use one? Right. Like we have printed, I've probably went through six or eight rolls of 300 feet of paper. You know, just yeah. volumes and volumes of paper at next to nothing print cost because we own them and we bought them at auction and we, we do that. But it's just, just like those posters they're sit, sitting in this room and they're just they're just really cool to look at <laughs> they it's, are. Just, it's just so neat and it changed the way vbs looked yeah in my opinion the room was not stuffy right the room was you know it was visually there right and michael like well, you said as, as someone that watched it online it looked great on the camera too exactly yeah it, it wasn't something that you know when i was watching the live feed because i was trying to see how y'all did it 
and kind of get an idea of what you all set up looked like as best as you can on a live feed because I didn't get to see every classroom, but trying to get an idea. And I'm thinking, man, that stuff just really pops. That's a really brilliant idea. Yeah. And it's great. There's nothing wrong with that. And it really did aid in it all. He just called us brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Michael, like you said too, though, I mean, hats off to to AP. Knocked it out of the park. For the graphic work that they did. That was insane. The, what they did, but then, them giving the ability to the congregations to do what they want with it. Take you know, that, you know, we tore those posters and all up digitally, right. remastered the way we wanted them, right? And boom, it worked out. For it us. worked out. Um, and how many times do we look at the live feed and be like, "Man, that looks good." I know we kept saying <laughs> it over and over. Right, right. But it's crazy. Um, and I think maybe this 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 last question as we kind of wrap things up here. You talk about long term goals. Um, what's your kind of your vision? I guess kind of going from here, yeah, yeah, yeah. some of the works that you've got in mind, some of the things you would like to do, some of the things you would like to grow. Kind of, kind of, where, where's your head at when you look at uh, long term here? You know, I, I'm 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 in a weird stage. You know, what's funny is when we recorded this the first time, you're constantly in a weird stage. I'm, I'm <laughs> born into a weird stage. <laughs> um, but when we recorded the first podcast, take one, take one, and and now we're recording take two. I went from, you know permanent position to now I'm in a transition period. Yeah. And what's funny about that is nothing has changed. All the things I want to do are still there. Sure. All the things I, I am doing currently, presently, and in the next six months before I, I make my transition here from here to somewhere else, I'm in Sparta, Tennessee, all those works are still going to be there. And, and all of those works will still remain here after I leave. And that's one of the things I'm excited about because things will continue um, I want to expand my overseas work. I'm part of digital mission work. It was all born and formed in Singapore. Okay, all this thought out was there. I'm literally sitting, you know, at coffee shops and at, at this. You know, I drink coffee only in Singapore. You know, when you go with Billy Bland, you are drinking at least <laughs> 1,600 cups of coffee a day. So, you know, I, I did a lot of thinking because I was up for 16 years. Um, <laughs> but... But all that was formed there. And, and what I realized is, you know, I'm doing all these things. I'm only here for 21 days. I can't be here any longer. How can I do this more? And that has really transitioned into what I want to do. Um, and, and, I, and I keep it in, in three categories in my mind. And there's the video work that I want to do. You know, I, I want to keep doing all that. I have long-term plans. Um, we're working on a, a correspondence course deal. Um, that's the one, you know, I said earlier, I like to give myself time on projects. Mm -hmm. I said that was going to come out in 2020. And then guess what happened? (laughs) It it didn't. 2020 happened. So, so I I don't, I'm (laughs) not sure either why that happened. So, so, you know, we're working on a six lesson correspondence course that will be uh, developed in an app that will be also in print will also be in streaming, also in DVDs, also in any form that you want it. It's going to be there. So, so I want to, I want to get that done in the, in the next few years. So I used to have a tagline that went with that with the year space. Now it says in production now because we're working on it. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, 2020 happened and 2021 is still lingering from 2020, from 2020. So we're working on that. Um, we're we're, we're, we're going to launch a, a, a video streaming service, which will, you know, captivate y'all's material, all of these other materials. And we want to build more materials um, because we want the print, the video side to work, but we're also doing a print side. And we're going to start producing in the next few years a book and video series that go, correspond hand-in-hand. Hand. And we want to produce four of those a year. 
Um, we're in the trial phase of one of those right now, and it's so far going rather smoothly. Our first version was with something we did here at, TL- at East Hill was TLC. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, yeah. we, we had planned it for 20, uh, 2020. Was it 2020? Yeah. Yeah, 2020. Uh, the years, boy, don't pandemic years just blur together. Um, so we planned it for 2020, but of course, n- no in-person services, none of this. We weren't going to bring three or 400 people in this building and do all this like we could. We couldn't function it. So we did a virtual version of it. So what we decided to do is we're going to use some technology. So we brought our two speakers in. We brought David Shannon in and he spoke two lessons and we brought um <laughs> Dale. just Dale, yeah, Dale. Dale Polly. I, I could see him and I could see him you know what's from funny Farley. from Farley Foley <laughs> F- Foley yeah. Foley I've got it right because I had it wrong the whole time <laughs> you know we brought him up here and, and he recorded and we said we're gonna get your lunch <laughs> and what we meant we, was we we're, gonna, we're gonna go out and get lunch and you're gonna buy yours we're gonna buy ours they thought we bought their lunch. And as we're going out, because we're bringing it back to the building, they both looked and said, thank you so much. I said, yeah, no problem. Caleb and I look at each other, walk the truck. What'd that mean? <laughs> nothing. It can't mean nothing. So we get back to the building. They didn't have lunch because nobody bought it. <laughs> they nobody were. got it. It was at the place. So in all of that TLC, we, <laughs> which is a funny we story. We should have talked about that on Thursday. So that's why I'm getting it in I, now because we could. We, so we just, Dale. Sorry. So sorry. So sorry. <laughs> sorry. Your, your sweet wife did not deserve that treatment, <laughs> but she got it. You won't forget it either. So we use technology in TLC. So David Chan and Del Pollard, they, they recorded their lessons, and then they were gone. You know, they, they three lessons, two, two with David, one with Dale. We then took software, transcribed their entire lessons, went back, made it look right, put them in a book form. So now TLC has a little booklet with each lesson. Uh, Caleb and I came up with study questions, 10 study questions, everything. So, so that trial run went great. So we want to produce four of those. Our first one's already lined out uh, called Know the Scriptures, 10 Burning Questions. So I'll, I'll bring in uh, 10 guys. Each one of them will produce a lesson, and then the book will come out of that, that, that program. So once it's all edited, we'll, we'll transcribe the lesson and do that. Um, I want to build a, a phone app. And I know that sounds crazy. And, and usually when somebody says build a phone app, money, dollar signs. Don't yeah. That's expensive. And it is. How many people have phones? All right, listen to these numbers. In 2019, there were 265.9 million users on cell phones in the United States who used a Bible study app. They are projecting in 2023 that statistic will go up to 285 million users right here in the United States. In the worldwide market in 2019, well, those numbers are getting a little close to us now. Mm. 2019, there were 3.3 billion worldwide users. This year, in 2021, they're expecting 3.8 billion users. Now, think about this. That only went up 0.5. But think about the totality of that number. Yeah. That's billion with a B. Right. And those are the people that are using phones. Those are the people that are using different things. And, and, and I, want, I want to do that because that's where it's at. Uh, there are a couple of great apps out there, um, and I've looked at them, and, and you guys have, and, and, and they're they're not competing. We're not competing. We're not doing that. But there needs to be more. We need to flood the market with the gospel, and that's what we're trying to do. If we bullet it all down, what is technology? What are we trying to do? What am I trying to do? What's digital mission work trying to do? By the way, you can visit digitalmissionwork.com, and you can learn more. This uh, is not an opportunity for you to plug Shameless plug. <laughs> we're going to get Adam to cut that. That's right. <laughs> Adam, Adam, don't do that. Uh, but, but, you know, that's that's we're trying to flood the market, saturate the market with, sure. with gospel messages. And that's, that's my long-term media. I want to put, produce so much media 
that no one knows what to do with it all because they just can't watch it all. Yeah. And I, that's my long-term I think goal. like an app is such a good idea yeah, it is. <clears throat> because, and of course, Michael and I have talked, obviously, we, we've obviously talked about doing an app that's, you know, however many months down the road before we'll get to that point. But it just makes sense because instead of having to go to, you know, your podcast app and then having to go to your video yeah, app yeah. and having to go to your website, it's, if you have an app, it's literally all in one place, you know, and it just makes sense. To go that route. Um, but like you said, it takes money. It takes time. Um, and, you know, those things, you, you don't have, like, an infinity amount of that. You we know? ain't got any of them right now. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so, obviously, you know, dreams are big. big. Um, but, you know, obviously we'll do our best uh, in, in accomplishing uh, those goals. So. Yeah, I don't know. Recording stuff, video, audio, whatever. It's an encouragement to me seeing people doing this. And one of the reasons why I do it is when I die, I will still be preaching the gospel. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a really profound mindset to have that what I'm doing now, I don't know what year it is that someone's listening to this. I don't, I mean, I have an idea that a lot of people will listen to it in 21 and, you know, but what if the world lasts to 3021? And somehow this stuff is still around because the gospel is being proclaimed and, and the work that Jonathan has been doing is still going on and all of these things. And it, it's a lasting opportunity to be able to say what I did in my life, preaching and teaching the gospel will last far beyond the years that I spent on this earth and my opportunity to proclaim it to people will continue on even well after I've, I've passed away. Yeah. And that should be everyone's mindset because we talk so much about the, the writings of the Bible and to think that what men sat down one day and wrote thousands of years ago is still relevant today. It's still preaching and teaching the gospel. And we have a similar opportunity to preach that same gospel, not to do anything better than what they did, but to preach the same gospel that, you know, thousands of years later, it's still relevant and it will be relevant if the world lasts another few thousand years right. more than the time that Jesus had passed and all of these things that we can do being busy. And I'm thankful to Jonathan. I'm going to say this on the record because every year I try to set one more notch in my belt that I can say that I'm learning in ministry. Jonathan helped me with my goals for 2021 when I got stranded in Pulaski yeah. in September. <laughs> And I got to spend more days than I thought I would. And I'm pretty sure I've said that on the Did That Really Happen show, so I'm not going to go all into all of that. Um, and you, you got all of these things that I'm watching Jonathan do and Caleb doing. And then I'm sitting in and I'm watching Jonathan with these outlines that he's got for his Bible classes and all that. And I thought, you know what I know what I'm going to do for 21? I'm going to produce Bible class outlines uh, I'm working right now on a Bible class book that I'm actually going to produce on first John and then cut it down the middle and coil bind them. And I wouldn't have thought to do that if I didn't get stranded. And it's helped my preaching. It's helped my studying to be more concise, to be more conscientious. And that's what it's all about. It's not like Jonathan said, it's competition, but it's not competition. It's me yeah. saying, Hey, that's a great idea. Let me do it my way here and make it best for my local community, my local congregation, and produce that and go forward. Yeah. That should be all of our goal. Mm. 
Sure. And so I'm thankful to Jonathan for all of the work that he's done, not just for Scattered Abroad, but in Pulaski. I know he's going to do good work when he goes to Sparta. I'm just grateful that we're able to work with him and work alongside him and know that he's doing a lot of good work. And definitely keep him in your prayers as we're going through all of these things and working and trying to strive as well as us in your prayers. But transitioning is not easy. And it, it's easy in some senses, but it's not at the same time. So please keep Jonathan in your prayers over the next few months. And I'm thankful that he's not going anywhere with us. You know, we, <laughs> we're glad we get to keep him. Right. Yeah. And so appreciate that. Uh, appreciate because that. I, 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 man, I cannot imagine what our programs would be like without you. Our so, joint podcast would be a mess. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't, yeah. if it wasn't for yeah. Jonathan. So no, definitely. Cause I mean, Caleb and I like 10% of the joint <laughs> podcast and the other 90 is Jonathan. <laughs> so, it's a little gracious. Um, but I, again, I, I'm thankful. Jonathan, you have anything else you want to say before we close? Just here's the thing. And I, I've, I've ended, I ended the first podcast with this and I'll end it with this. One, you know? <laughs> so, so if you don't hear take two, take three is going to be great. And I won't use this, but did you hear about the missionary who got the ATV? Uh-uh. Well, I guess we did last time, but you, you, I, yeah, but I guess you so, just I don't said, uh-uh, and you have. <laughs> Jonathan, no, so, I haven't so heard just, this before. Yes, I mean, I mean, go. no. Oh, great. There you go. So, <laughs> so this, this missionary, he, he, he just knew. He had an idea. I want an ATV. I can get where I need to go. I can do what I need to do. So he, he started asking, hey, I need an ATV. Can you guys help me? Well, it took him years to get people on board. And, and finally, he got some folks on board, and it showed up. You know, they, they helped him. They raised the money. They got it there. And, and, and for a while, it was great. And he had that, and he did some good work with it. It was all good until it wasn't. Because guess what he learned? Man, ATVs need gas. Mm-hmm. So now he's got a gas bill. Got to change oil. Now he's got to deal with that. Eventually, going to need tires. What happens when it breaks? So sometimes in ministry, we like the missionary who got the ATV, spend so much time on the ATV that the actual work becomes the second place. And that's the balance we've got to learn to live. And, and I felt at that from time to time. You know, sometimes we get so lost in all these things we'd like to do yeah. that we've really got to rein it back in. And right. ministry is the key. But all of this is the future. It is, it is the world we live in. And that's what we've got to focus on. Sure. Caleb, you got anything else you want to say? I just appreciate Jonathan, the work that he does. Um, and I hope that maybe this has helped some congregations, uh, individuals, see the uh the necessity of of media technology in um yes the local church we're going to talk about that in a, in a few episodes but specifically just the church worldwide especially with some of the overseas work that Jonathan does hopefully he opened your eyes um to a lot of the things that are going on and if you're interested maybe maybe this has kind of helped you become interested in supporting a work like that or maybe even getting involved yourself um definitely reach out to us reach out to Jonathan and certainly we can point you in the right direction but i hope that uh, obviously most of all that you would continue to pray uh, for all of us and for the works that in which we are involved and hopefully we can all continue to glorify God. Yeah, we, we never want it to be said about the church. And I, I fear that in a lot of places, this is what could be said that we've become like fat cats that don't have to chase mice anymore. Yeah. yeah. And we're just content to kind of lie around in our, in our current state and just exist. All right. And that, that cannot be what we do. We've got to always be moving forward and be, be super abounding. We're thankful that you've taken the time to, to listen. 
Uh, don't forget, you can look down in the show notes for our social media plugins. We'll put in a, uh, a link to Jonathan's work that he does and the Four Seas Bible College and other things of that nature so that you can check those things out for yourself. We also have our email address. You can email us with anything that you want to talk about. We'll try to do our best to get those types of things on the podcast and on the network. It really would help us if you'd leave a rating and a review. That is, that is very critical because the exposure that happens when a rating and a review takes place, it, it helps us climb the charts, so to speak, and get to more people. This is our summer content, our summer season. And this Thursday, we're going to do a Did That Really Happen episode with Jonathan Burns. And Jonathan's got some funny stories it that did he is really going happen. to tell us, some that he <laughs> can tell. There are many that we told off record. And so uh, we're, we're grateful that we have an opportunity here this Thursday to laugh together. But again, we're, we're just so thankful that we have you trying to be better Christians. And that's what we're trying to do. And, and if you're interested, if you are interested, what? Say it, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you are interested in supporting us, please reach out to us. Email us. Our email is yeah. network at gmail.com. We are currently looking for full-time support, one-time donations, anything like that. If you are interested in talking to us and learning more about what we do, uh, maybe you want to support us in any, any kind of way, please reach out to us. Um, and certainly we would be more than happy to sit down and talk with you. And I'll say this. Something's coming in 2022 that I know people are going to like. And the week that this airs is when we'll be doing a lot of that work for it. And so I'm excited for that. And I know that that's our goal is for 2022, for there to be something for you all to enjoy and another uh, piece of Bible study that you can have. And so pray for us as we embark on that effort. I can't say anything more about it. You're just going to have to keep tuning in. And so we're thankful that you're here. We're thankful that you are striving to be better Christians. And we hope and pray that you can continue on and tune in on Thursday and again next week for our summer content. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, You can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.